welcome to another episode of Carry On Up The Village. I'm Christopher, and this is The Village. Uh, this is The Misses. Hi, I'm Fiona. Thank you for downloading our podcast. I hope you enjoy it. So we've just watched our second episode of The Prisoner. Dance of the Dead. Dance of the Dead. Told you, those who are in the know, we're not watching this in any of the recognised orders. Um, Do comment on that. <laughs> I'm sure you might have an opinion. <laughs> Do you have an opinion on Dance of the Dead? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm loving this. You're loving it? I'm loving it. All right. It's like a big puzzle. Mm-hmm. What's all that about? <laughs> is that all Why you've got that? so far? I, you're starting to look for symbols and everything. Aha. But, uh, yeah, I like it. Okay. So, um, the new number two. Well, you see, you saw her in the credits, which I thought was interesting. Okay. So, is it, do we see, oh, like, the changes... For that particular episode, do they slip in those things to the credits? Because I saw that in the credits and I wrote down, is number one a woman? Thinking ah. that was number one, but it turned out very early on she was the new number two. Mm-hmm. So that I thought that was interesting. I loved mm-hmm. the fact that it was a not only a woman number two. Number two mm-hmm. protagonist or whatever in the in the thing, mm-hmm. but she was old. You don't get old women these yes, days. Yes, that's true. You I like that. You don't get old women these days. You know what I mean, on the telly. <laughs> on the telly. Like Logan's run. Yeah. yeah. Um, but no, what did you think of Mary Morris as number two? I loved her. She, mm-hmm. she, there's, a, there's a bit of... Um, bit of what? That woman from... That thing. Blake Seven. Serverland. Serverland. There was a bit of Serverland about her. <laughs> yes, a little bit. The short haircut and the... Uh, and, very dramatic uh, and also pronouncements. Being in charge and mm-hmm. lording it over everyone. Mm-hmm. So yes, no, I liked her. Did you recognise her? I kind of did. Didn't know where from. Do you remember a long time ago when we watched Ye Olde Doctor Who, oh. an episode called Kinda, Peter Davison, and it was like a planet that was being colonised, uh, and the natives were all. Uh, sort of uh, lived in a jungle. And I do remember that. Was she? And there was an old wise woman. Oh, well, you're, and you're, she was you're stretching it then. Okay. Right. Right. And she was in that. I think that, that's who you would know Did her you like from. Her? Yes, I think she's very good as number two. Um, I, like, I, I like the dynamic that she has uh, with Patrick McGowan. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that she kept on saying, don't be too harsh... He's worth keeping. He mm-hmm. will. She had a lot of confidence that he would pipe down in the end. Mm-hmm. Yet to see that. But, but it's interesting. Yeah, I thought what was interesting from that is that although they say they want information and Dutton sort of said that's what they were after. Yeah. Or we would know he was, you know, drugged or, uh, or lobotomized yeah. or something. Um, but she didn't just want information because the doctor, Duncan McCrae, yeah. was pretty confident that he would get the information using his technique. Yeah, but he would break him in the meantime. She thought he was too valuable yes. to be broken, which made me think that he was, like, super trained and would be of value as a commodity. Not Working just for them. Well, just not just what he knew. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. was, like, the born of his time. Mm-hmm. And that's why they didn't want to break him. They want to turn him. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. To work for them. Is that more or less sinister, do you think, than... We just want to know the information that your side has got. Well, the whole thing 
the question is, is it sinister or do they just are they just trying to follow their own utopia? This mm-hmm. is the way this society should be. Mm-hmm. And the bit that made me think about all of that was when he was in the carnival dancing mm-hmm. and he was saying, how long has it been like this since the war? Which war? So mm-hmm. often out of war, people think I'm just going to start my own little society, get away from mm-hmm. the, the rubbish of the world. Um, I think we want, there's an element of communism about it or they mm-hmm. believe it's for the people, by the people, all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff, even though it's, it's blatantly a dictatorship. Um, so I think that was interesting because it's like, actually, is this just about these people coming in and getting information from them or turning them or whatever? Or is it about generating their own society that they believe is better? They've done away with voting and competition and they want to make it efficient. And But it's a society that you can't leave. He can't leave. Well, have we seen anybody else? Well, I suppose but we might that's have seen part of the rules, maybe. It's the rules. But, I mean, most of the people that, we, that we've seen abide by the rules, like the Observer woman, mm-hmm. looked like she was scared mm-hmm. rather than she believed this was the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when she was doing the um, jury thing, at the, the, the prosecution thing at the end, mm-hmm. She was saying all this, I think we sh- she, he should get the harshest sentence. But then when it came to it, she shouted no. Oh. So I don't think she's wholeheartedly behind the rules. Uh-huh. I think it's through fear that she believes she should be abiding by the rules. What about, what about, what if actually we're watching it with number six as the protagonist, as the central character, we're thinking about it as what's happening to number six. What if actually... They are not testing number six here at all. They're testing number 240, the observer. Mm. The testing for what? To see whether she would, you know, has she really come over to our side? Yeah, well. Is she really a valuable She was certainly discarded at the end as not being an observer because she had got too involved. Mm hmm. Yeah. It's interesting though, because I mean, usually, I mean, I, you know, I think it's very interesting from a point of view of a narrative point of view is that usually this is your main character it's definitely all yeah. about them but yet this episode yeah a lot of it was about him but there were other stories going on there was the story of the doctor and number two and their sort of struggle there was also slightly the story of the observer number 240 and her supervisor number 22 that seemed quite a prickly relationship mm. and and she turned up at sort of key moments like in the in the trial at the end Interesting that you know they, that they can uh, put those different spin. You can put those different spins on it. Mm-hmm. So the other um, thing I thought was quite interesting, particularly, was um, when he first met his observer. Mm-hmm. She was going. He was suggesting he would take her to the dance. Yeah, or they would go to the dance. Yeah, together. and that was, and he was told that was an inappropriate choice. Mm-hmm. That little tension that they had, and there's obviously some kind of tension there, but that she was trying to just observe and ran away, but actually had all the power. And he was just saying, is this the game? Mm-hmm. You know, and all that kind of thing. And I thought, in particularly in this episode, there was a lot of women with the power, not just number two, but the the observer, and also the maid who turned out to be doled up for some reason. Do you know what she yeah. looked like? Um, 
Scarlett O'Hara from Gone with the Wind. Oh, when she had the big dress on. With the big green mm-hmm. dress on, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just thought um, that, yeah, there was a lot of women in power. And in fact, he said, never trust a woman. Even the four-legged, Even the four-legged one when referring to the cat. So I think that was just... I don't think he was particularly against the women, but I think it was obvious that the women had the power. Do you not think he was against the women? I think he was against everyone. Well, I suppose that's true. <laughs> Just he saw a lot of women in this episode. Yeah. And he certainly didn't like... Um, he didn't think much of his observer, because like, especially in the dancing, he was kind of more challenging mm-hmm. than her. Um, well, always he was challenging her. Whenever the two of them were alone, she eventually had to run away and say, stop asking me questions. Yeah. But I think he could see that she was... Crackable. Crackable, yeah. Yeah, but I don't think... Maybe just because I like him, I don't want him to be just anti-woman as as a matter of course. I I can't come back to this again. Why do you like him? What is it about him that's likeable? Is it just that if you put yourself in his shoes, you'd be like, I don't want to stay here. I want to be able to leave if I want to and... Do what he I has want been to do. kind of set up as the goody in all of this. Because he's, or at least he's the been taken, he's been yeah. gaffed and taken against So you his want will. him to win. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean by like him. But what is winning? Did he think he'd won when he smashed the machine that was printing out, mm. seemed to be printing out number one's orders? Well, I thought number one was the machine. Oh. Interesting. But then earlier on, number two was on the phone to someone. Mm-hmm. He was she speaking to, saying that basically I think he was saying or whoever was saying, I want to come to the carnival, and she was like, Yes, I know, but you can't come, can you? Because you're just a machine. You can't. Oh, I didn't think he was talking. She was talking to a machine like that. Could have been. Well, as long as you thought the machine was number one. Well, I did think that. But why? But why would? Can you believe that a woman like number two in that would accept the rule of him of what came out of some sort of sentient machine? How brainwashed would you be to Well, to I think, I mean, that? for these things, there might be a attraction to if politicians have fucked it up to date. Mm-hmm. That something completely logical and analytical, making the decisions for what's right for society, is the best way to go. Mm-hmm. And along with following number one's orders or reporting to number one, mm-hmm. she pretty much was the human with the greatest power. Oh, yes. So it wasn't that she was subservient. Mm-hmm. She, in fact, liked the fact he was a computer because that meant she was... In effect, the top. Okay, I see what you mean. She's top human. Top human. Right. What about the thing about the machines? Number one, being a machine, um, or the machines in general, is if you think about the Telex machine at the end, that he ripped all the innards out of, still worked. that still worked. Um, Rover, the bouncy ball. Okay, is that called Rover? Uh huh. And the. Is it the same ball? I thought that was just 
bubbles turning into a ball randomly. Yeah, but I think the system's called Rover. Oh, okay. So uh, we've, we've not seen more than one at a time. That's true. But I, I agree with you. There may be more than yeah. one because it seems to be born every yes, time, doesn't born, it? From the little, right. um, from the little bubble. Um, so the Telex machine, Rover, and the town hall deciding who was going to get in and who mm. wasn't. It's but also almost... the TV reacting when you put a pillow up to it, mm-hmm. and the speaker reacting when it yeah. took it. But it's almost as if the machines have more life and freedom and agency, as they say. And we're free will than the humans do in mm. the village. Because nobody can tell Rover where to go. No, no, no people, maybe number two can. But number two did press a button and Rover went away. So mm-hmm. it was a bit a bit like a, a dog or something, like mm. come now, away now kind of thing. But the machine, destroying what you would think would mean a machine can't work anymore, it still worked afterwards. Mm. They're taking over. Well, it's all because it is a fear. I remember back in high school when I studied computing, we had a discussion in the class one day about about that very thing. Mm. It's about what if a machine can't be switched off or can can defend itself from being switched off? How do you you know how would you stop it? Stop it? How do you know it hadn't happened already? Mm. So, can I ask? You can ask. Body. Questions. Are a burden to others. Answers, Answers are, are a prison, prison to, to oneself. The body. The body. Now I take it the body was number XXX, wherever it was that observers. Well, I think uh, I think the body was meant to be a body from yeah the real world. So so when the observer's boss woman the supervisor supervisor uh-huh. said number fifty four is dead. Yeah. And the observer said, oh, I quite liked him. And she uh-huh. went, yeah, but he didn't know you. Well, I don't think their body was meant to be number 34. I think number 34 was just meant to be another person. Okay. Another person in the village. So this body had washed up, yes. which made you think there is an outside world within washing up body distance. Well, I don't know how far a body yeah. could could, could uh, float. So he put his own details in the wallet and sent it back out again. Yeah. And the note saying, whoever finds this. What did he say? He wrote a note. can say, whoever finds this, I'm being held captive. Here's a map. Oh. Etc. I didn't see that bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. But they obviously found the body. Yeah, and then they were going to alter the body to look like him. And presumably take that note out of the wallet. Yeah. So therefore, when the body was found... The outside world would think that whoever number six is is dead. Yeah. So if anybody's looking for him, yeah, no, I, I, got, I got that bit, right. but I just didn't know why the body was there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I mean, my reading of it is that the body is a genuine dead body that has been washed up there by chance, okay. and, it, and it wasn't a setup. Okay. Well, it might have been. Now, remember, last week you thought that the whole village was being run for his benefit. Now, I'm still thinking that. Mm-hmm. Well, certainly, maybe not hit just him, because there's Dutton as well, but mm-hmm. for benefit of extracting information from spies. Right. But, and that was the interesting element about him saying, where does all the supplies come from? Oh, yes. When does I, it arrive? It must be at night. I've never seen a night. Yes. And then forced himself to stay up and escape and see what happened at night. At night. 
but there weren't any big deliveries, so that's still a mystery. Well, he, did, but then, he spent that night on the beach. I know, but towards the end, he did find the secret tunnels. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a whole web of secret tunnels under there, which is where things get supplied from. Delivered from and to. And I think people come and go. Do you? The right people? The, people the, who are trusted? No, the working people. Oh, I don't know. What, what if that was your job? I mean, this is the truth of this. That might be your job, mm. and I just don't know because you wouldn't be able to tell me. <laughs> where do you work? I work on a top-secret government installation where we extract information from spies. Oh, so you're not a civil engineer then? Oh, no, I am a civil engineer. See, so I went to your work today. Is that just a cover? It's just all the facade. <sighs> you do do a lot of work for public authorities, which would explain, well, we'll just say that we're giving you the work. So, um... Although, the delivery folk, are you thinking people go out and get the deliveries? Because what are these milkmen delivering hundreds of pints of milk to the middle of nowhere? Somebody appears and takes it down a wee hole. You're not going to get suspicious about that? <laughs> well, I think there's probably interceding people, so no one person knows too much. Ah, okay. Um, and another thing I wanted to comment on was the clothing. I liked it, not the carnival bit, but the bit before the carnival when they were mm-hmm. just playing music. And you had a whole scene of people in 60s prime colours coming to you with glasses and hats mm-hmm. and umbrellas and stuff. And I thought that was quite stylish and cool. The mm-hmm. whole thing is stylish and cool. Mm-hmm. Um, why is number six in his own blazer? Why is he the only one dressed differently? It's not his own blazer. He was given no, a no, blazer. No, no, no. Why is he dressed differently? Because he's number six. Is he, can, couldn't other people be dressed? No, he doesn't have a cape. Fair enough. But even Dutton was in a, where's, where's Wally mm-hmm. jumper? He was when, when we saw him in the last episode being given, coming out of the hospital, that's when he got the blazer. Mm-hmm. He was given an umbrella and a straw hat. Oh, was he? Yeah, and he just threw them away almost immediately. Okay. Uh, along with the number six badge. Right. So, yeah, he, he's may, he may be slightly more subdued. Than other villagers, but he's not a million miles away from other and he villagers, was, yeah. I don't think. Okay. Um, and I only have one more point, mm-hmm. which is, you know, at the end, when he was found guilty and ran away. Yeah. And the judge said, the people will carry out the, the execution sentence, uh-huh. sentence, and they all kind of ran after him in a sort of mob murder yes. way. A bit like The Handmaid's Tale, I thought. Yes. Well, the... Kind of a feature of dystopia, isn't it? And I mean, to be honest, it's a feature of Carnival and May Day and that kind of thing. That it's a day of madness when you know, ah, people. Ah, so that's why the cabaret is the judge is the court because it's part of that whole. It might be part of that whole thing, but it's the idea that this is your way of letting off steam, mm. and because we let you do this every now and then, you obey us all the rest of the time. Yeah. Which I think was kind of the message in the Handmaid's Tale as well. Yeah. Was kind of like. Because we get to stone somebody every now and then, mm. we'll remain subservient. It is very uncomfortable, isn't it? Yeah, because again, it's you know you put yourself in that position, and you think, well, I'm all right. If I'm all right, does it matter what's happening to anybody mm. else? If if you're being treated as a faceless number, why do you think of anyone else as anything other than mm. another faceless number? Yeah, it's true. That is that's that's a question to think about in the. Did you like this episode? I do like this episode. Um, as I say, I like Mary Morris as, as number two. Um, I like his plan of uh, getting the body 
and you know sailing it back out to sea and what have you. I also like what I think is actually quite a clever plan of his, because uh, in terms of the radio, because he finds the radio on the body, and then he does something that seems really stupid, which is he takes the radio out in his cottage, mm-hmm. which he knows is bugged and being watched all the time. And you think, well, that's chemistry, but they know you've got a radio now. It's like, but I think he does that to throw them off the scent of the body. Because they're thinking, he's got a radio, he must be doing something about radios. Wow, let's get the radio. That means what he's doing with the body is kind of, might be for, might be missed. So I, I like that. I, I, I'm always intrigued when somebody that he knows from the outside world. I know, that was good. Is there. Yeah. Um, which in this case was, was Dutton. Um, just because you know you get you get a bit of sort of information about well how did you come here nobody for given the fact that everybody there seems to be sort of captive are they on our side or their side or what have you um I kind of agree with you very often they seem to have already been turned because they answer him very vaguely about things how long you've been here. Or they have clear things they're doing to try and get information. So Ken Dutton was programmed or had been turned to tell him, I told them everything, but as you, if you notice at the very beginning, he said, I, of course, I don't know very much. Mm. Can I only know the, you know, I only know, I'm not partial, I'm not privy mm. to all the information like what you are. Um, so, so yes, I, I did enjoy it. I, I, I like the, the sort of male female thing. It's, I mean, even now it's quite unusual to have an episode where, to have a, a series with a strong male protagonist, not unusual, um, but to have a part of that series where a woman is in Power. command of him. Yeah. It, to be honest, it's almost, I would say she's almost as, she's, well, she is, she's as strong as him. Mm. And it, it could even be that they are both sides of the same personality. You know, I could see her being the... Mm, stretching it a bit. <laughs> this was a program in which they had a, a trial presided over by Julius Caesar, Napoleon and Elizabeth I. You know, can, nothing is too far-fetched for this program, I don't think. And there's, there's thoughts to be had about this about Okay, this so they're the same person, whatever. Well, she does say, I am your world. Your dream world is, you know, you might as well forget about it. Is he living in his dream world? Is he going to wake up and it's all a dream? Is he going to wake up and it's all a dream? We would be very disappointed by that ending. Um, he does, of course, you know, when he's gassed, he does fall asleep and wake up at the start of every episode in, in the village. Um, is that actually, you know, a, a, uh, is it all a dream? Um, do you think he was accused of being wicked for having different values? When they were up on top of the bell tower, mm-hmm. she said, you're a wicked man. You have no values. You have no, I have different values. Mm-hmm. It are, is, is he wicked? Are they wicked? Are I the think, values of the village more wicked than his, less I wicked than his? I think it is uh, a good example of people automatically thinking that if people don't think the way that they think they're wrong and something is wrong with their thinking. Mm-hmm. And it does, it is, it's not natural to think you think and feel differently to me, but you're just as right as I am. That's right for you and this is right for me. People don't think like that. Well, yeah, it's not, yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. People think I live the way, 
lies should be lived mm-hmm. and everyone else is wrong. All right thinking people think like me. Yeah. Yeah. So um so I think it was really just that point was being made mm-hmm. rather than um anything more severe. Mm-hmm. Um Can I speak about some maybe well, the significance actually of the characters who were sitting in judgment in the trial all of whom were either unelected heads of state or became dictators. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was interesting from the, you know, from the... I thought it was interesting that there was a woman in the jury, a woman as a prosecutor and a woman as the defendant. Defence, uh uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, especially, I mean, and that was the thing that number two said, you know, even its close friends will agree that democracy is very inefficient. Um, so it doesn't say... So which, which makes you wonder... It's not a it's it's not a village set up by a democratic power. It's a village set up by you know a dictatorship or a yeah. or a military power. Although then again, but they course, do think they're for the people, mm-hmm. by the people. Mm-hmm. So it's not that doesn't feel like dictatorship, does it? But yet they're all in fear of number yeah. one. You know, the doctor doesn't like the idea well, of... Well, they're in fear of breaking the rules because they see what happens. Mm. They get killed if mm. they break the rules. Well, that's not a democracy, so, is it? Yeah, no, it's not. But it, that, it, their fear of the setup, less is, I think number one could change. And they'd still be in fear of the setup. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily him they're scared of. It's the him rules. or it? Or her. Or her. Mm. Um. I like the cat motif as well, and the fact the cat seemed to be on both sides at the same time. Yes. It was quite fond of the prisoner, and it was quite fond of, of number two. I quite like the prisoner being fond of it, mm-hmm. as a sort of, he has a heart moment, because you think he's all tough, but you know. Were there any, what we discussed about last week, Patrick moments? Oh, it was all the it was all Patrick moments in the sense <laughs> there was a lot of um, frowny eyebrows and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I don't. There was a lovely bit of tension, or I, I always I think it's tension between him and the observer, observer on top of the uh, uh, bell tower when, when he found the radio. When well, okay, they were, there was a bit where there was just silence. It was like, are you going to kiss or something? But it's like, no, you're not, because it's Patrick McGowan. But um, of course, he's uber non-sex, isn't he? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, he, but he still can imbue that sexual tension into a scene. Because he's a brilliant actor. He's a very good actor. Uh, he has a big gla- in his house. He has a great big glass bottle with plants in it. Remember them? We used to have one of them in my house until it got smashed. They were good. You love everything since the 60s. I love everything. Everything that's old. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to know um, what else you could have watched? Oh yes, I love this bit. <laughs> well, this was uh, shown on Friday the seventeenth of November, which 19- year? Nineteen sixty-seven, um, and on ITV, certainly in the Grampian. And we started in sixty-one. No, sixty-seven. They've all been some. They've all been sixty-seven. Okay, um, I might be fifty years. Remember this fifty-year celebration okay. thing? I might be confusing it with. Some other podcast we might be doing. Oh right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean carrying up the misses? Uh, Is that the, the, the premier um, 
podcast about the Carry On films. Yes. And it's hidden shoulders above any other podcast about the Carry On films. Oh, definitely is. Available uh, on iTunes or at uh, carryonupthemisses.blogspot.com or Carry On Podcast. Put in Carry On Podcasting and you'll probably get us, hopefully. Um, anyway, uh, so half past seven on a Friday night. Uh, BBC One, you could have watched Dactari. What the hell's that? What the hell's Dactari? Oh no, I should see another podcast coming up. <laughs> the You Swear by Clarence the Cross-Eyed Lion. Uh, Dactari, it was a... Um, like a drama series, but set on a, a African safari zoo place. When we were little, it used to be on like in the mornings in like children's BBC and that when they needed to fling out an hour's worth of filler. No. And it was like the part rangers and the scrapes they got into. <laughs> Probably very on PC now, given that it's set in Africa and all the part rangers were, were white. But um, there we go. Uh, so that was BBC One. Or on BBC Two, you could have watched Outlook. Plus ça change. The more things change, the more they say the same. Or do they? Some opinions from both sides of the channel. As in French and English people? Yes, with Peter Allen. I don't know if that's a Peter Allen. It can't be the Peter Allen who still does the news on Radio 5. Uh, Thomas Cadet, Peter Forster, Helene gordon Lazarelf, uh, introduced by Max Bellancourt. Um, so, yes, that's obviously some sort of... Uh, um, documentary rep- reportage type series about the difference between Britain and France. Uh, followed by Wheelbase. Gordon Wilkins covers the world of motoring. The best car in the world. For more than 60 years, motorists have described the Rolls Royce as the best car in the world. Is this still true today? How advanced is the new Silver Shadow by comparison with its costly competitors in America and on the continent? Uh, what is it about the car which brings in a queue of orders from the world's wealthiest buyer? Wheelbase wheelbase reports from the Rolls Royce assembly line at Crewe in Cheshire. So there you go. It's like an early Top Gear. I so, don't think it was. With less caravans being used to play conquers, I think. So that was our. That was that would have been your uh, your choice of viewing. I would have chosen the prisoner. I think you would have chosen the prisoner. I think I probably would have as well. Um, yes, and and the other thing we have to talk about is we have had. An email. Yay! Yay! Uh, an email which says, Hi Fiona and Christopher, love the show. I love oh, the fact you said by name first. Yeah, they got that the wrong way around. Anyway, <laughs> uh, my wife and I are listening to the first episode of your Prisoner podcast and paused it at the halfway point to write an email. And yes, you do have international listeners because we are in North Carolina in the US. <gasps> We are both big fans of The Prisoner and first wrote to Port Merion to request brochures about visiting in 1987, although it was more than 20 years later before we finally visited the village for one of the annual Six of One conventions. We've been fortunate to visit a second time since then. We were actually posting about our trips to Port Merion to celebrate the 50th anniversary of The Prisoner when you liked one of our photos on Twitter, which led us to your podcast. We started listening right away, and it's been great fun so far. We look forward to hearing the rest of the episode, and as fans of the Carry On films, American fans of the Carry On films, wow, we'll be trying out your other podcasts too. Good for them. Hope they enjoyed it. We are podcasters as well. We have three shows under the R.A.D. Adventures Network. R.A.D. is short for Ruth and Darren, because, lo, it is Ruth and Darren who have written to us. Our shows are all about adventure comics. Trekker Talk is about 23rd Century bounty hunter Mercy St. Clair from Trekker by Ron Randall. Warlord Worlds is about the comics of Mike Grell, including the Warlord, John Sable and Green Arrow. And Xenozoic Xenophiles is about the Cadillacs and Dinosaurs series by Mark Schultz. 
If you ever want to listen, please let us know what you think. Now back to your fun show. Take care, Darren. Well, I have to say, Darren, although I have no idea, because I'm not a comics kind of person... Uh, you think you would be, but he's not. I'm not. Um, yes, I had, I had no idea what any of these things were. I did listen to your Cadillacs and Dinosaurs uh, podcast, and I likened it to uh, watching an opera in a different language. I didn't really know what you were talking about, <laughs> but I could tell there was quality there. So I would very much uh, encourage anyone who is interested in um, 23rd Century Bounty Hunter Mercy St. Clair from Trekker, uh, the Warlord, John Sable and Green Arrow, or the Cadillacs and Dinosaur series, to seek out your podcasts on the RAD Adventures Network uh, and give them a listen. Thanks very much for getting in contact with us. That's so, very nice. If you would like to do as Ruth and Darren did and get in contact with us, you should feel free because I have now written down the address. I you were a bit rubbish at this bit last time, weren't you? Yeah, but we have great listeners like Ruth and Darren who can find out that kind of stuff without me having to tell you every time. We'd, I was have something to be spoon-fed. Well, spoon Our listeners are an elite, but also very nice and everything. Uh, so you can contact us on uh, prisonerpodcast at gmail.com or via Twitter on at prisonerpod. So that's how you can uh, get in contact uh, with us. Yes. So uh, you enjoyed it, so I assume, therefore, that we're carrying on with our third episode, oh, yeah. whatever that might be. Next how many have we time. got in total? You don't need to know that. I don't think it's that many. It's not that many. It's not okay. that many. It's not that many. You know, you know. The interesting thing is, of course, Fiona. I don't keep you prisoner. You could look up the internet and but find I'm, out all this information. I know, but that would immediately spoil the surprise. Yeah. It? So there you go. So one day we'll sit down. Well, actually, you get a bit of warning that it's the last episode. But one day we'll sit down and be like, oh, next week's the last one. I'm afraid so. But uh, that day will come soon. Maybe not that soon. And then we start the next podcast. Well, who knows what we will do after that. We I might thought you had the plan. Well, I might have a plan. Yeah. But we need to discuss that on the podcast. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Join us again the next time that we carry on up the village. Bye-bye. Bye.